All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And have you ever wondered why most real estate agents are relatively, I'm not going to use the word mediocre, but some flounder, some flourish. And it's typically the ones that niche down into something. You know, generalists make generalist money, but the niche is where the money is. And today on the show, I've got Bob Vieira, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about the short sale business. Bob, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Bryce. How are you? Ah, surviving a little bit of a sore throat from having young children as they catch everything that's in the air, but <laughs> feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Can't complain. So what is a short sale? Short sale in real estate, you have two main things happening. Number one, the homeowner's behind on their mortgage payments. This could be one payment behind, or it could be, you know, they could be facing foreclosure. Okay. The second factor is they have negative equity. They're behind on their, uh, um, I'm sorry, the property is worth less than what's owed on the mortgage balance. Right. So, you know, balances 300K. Um, that's what they owe the bank. Property's worth, let's say, 200. So they're underwater by $100,000 in that instance. What the bank does in this situation, because the seller can't sell the traditional way, so mm -hmm. the bank will let them sell short of what is owed. So um, in the example I just gave you, the bank would let them sell for the 200 grand that the property is worth, and they avoid foreclosure. They're able to just walk away, get out from under the debt. And that deficiency, Bryce, this is the most important part, the deficiency. So that $100,000 that they would typically have to bring to closing and write a check mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that gets forgiven. The bank does not come after them for that money. So who in the end of the game pays for that? It just evaporates. It just kind kind of evaporates and I'm not an accountant, so I don't want to go too much into that. I'm sure there's like some write-off, some bad debt or something. The bank is exactly doing. a 1099 C. I don't know. I mean, Canada is a lot different obviously, but um, what happens in the States is, you do a short sale and then they issue you what's called the 1099C, which is what you just said. It's a write-off of bad debt. And, um, you know, if you have a capable accountant, they could um, navigate you through that as a homeowner. Okay. So um, how did you get started? You didn't obviously start in short sale. How did you get started in real estate? Yeah. So I um, graduated college, lasted six, maybe eight months in the corporate world. I was a terrible employee, so I decided mm -hmm. to fire myself, and I jumped into real estate full-time uh, as a real estate agent. You know, just like any new agent, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off, just trying to make deals happen, and just by luck, I started stumbling upon short sales. Okay. I had no clue, you know, what the hell a short sale was at the time, let alone how to do one, mm -hmm. but trial, error, and a lot of suffering. I got really, really good at them. So on a local level, I was noted as a short sale expert. Fast forward to 2019, I realized, hey, this is a pain point on a national level. Short mm -hmm. sales all across the country, they're impossible to do, they're very painful. That's when I launched the company I have now, Universal Short Sales. Yeah, and I'm imagining that that's an emerging topic these days. It absolutely My property is. is not worth what I paid for it anymore, and I need out. You want to know what's crazy, Bryce? Mm. So 
so obviously the market in 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 most markets is still you know bidding wars high prices all that stuff but yeah yeah we're working on many short sales right now where the property was just purchased within the last three years yeah because they're gonna have to renew soon yep we're gonna have to and do it people it are didn't appreciate yeah or they over leveraged it like they were in they were their loan to value ratio when they bought it wasn't too bad, but then they're like, um, I want to get a boat or a car or something. And it's just upside down. It's leaned to the right to the top. So yeah, bingo. We or see they that. lost their job. And then they, you know, like in all realities, you could just keep paying that mortgage into the future and straighten it out, but something's happening and now is the time. So what do you see as like a, a major, you know, what's the emerging trend of why people are ending up in short sale right now? So number one is exactly what you just said, actually, you're spite on, um, spot on. You know, people have this unbelievable equity that they've never seen before. Mm -hmm. So they get their property appraised or their bank sends them an appraisal conveniently. Yeah. Say, oh my God, look at this number. Let's Go get that new boat we always wanted. Let's go renovate the kitchen like we always wanted, et cetera. And another big one too, we see a lot of, um, you know, you know what happens is when somebody gets very behind on their mortgage, mm -hmm. like, you know, months and months and months behind, what's actually happening that they don't realize is the interest penalties and fees are compounding against the principal balance of the loan. Yeah, it's escalating. And it's escalating very, very fast at a fast rate that that they don't realize. And that eats up a lot of equity, even in these hot markets. Mm -hmm. And the bank's got no interest in helping them because they've been so delinquent. So the bank's yeah. like, oh, we'll just extend your term and stuff because they probably have been uncommunicative. They're not communicating, avoiding the letter, avoiding the phone call, six months in, six mortgage payments behind, plus interest, plus fees. And then probably some lawyer fee or something that they're being issued some document to let them know, or we're going to take the house. So, yeah. um, how do you, how do you help people with that? What are some ways that your company helps people do that? That's what your business is now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're a, a third party short sale processing company, essentially what we do. So just to back up for a second. So, you know, the listeners understand there's nothing short about a short sale. They literally take forever. They take four to six months, sometimes even much, much longer, depending on the complexity of the file. So they're very long, very painful. We handle everything from start to finish. We're a full service short sale company. So we deal directly with the bank. We process all of the daunting paperwork. Um, coordinate all the appraisals, absolutely everything from start to finish. Yeah, it sounds, it, it's definitely, because there's got to be a pile of paperwork that goes with it for a bank to say, okay, well, we'll just take a cut, a loss against some number. But what, what I, like, yes, the niche is important. But why this one? Why? How did you like? I, maybe I missed it. But why? Why this? There's you could do. You could have done any anything else. Yeah. So my first short sale I ever did as a realtor, as I had mentioned, I just jumped in as a real estate agent. I'll never forget that first short sale. It was in the suburbs 
right outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Again, I had no clue what the hell it even was. So I didn't know how to do one. I literally remember pulled over on the side of the road, be frantically trying to like call the bank to like the deal was falling apart because I know what I was doing. And I was like, I just remember the pain. I was literally like cursing at the top of my lungs. Like I'll never do one of these again. But then after the deal is when I had my light bulb moment because I realized, hang on a second. If, if, if this was this painful for me and the other agent and everybody involved, everybody's experiencing this pain on every short sale. That's mm -hmm. what I realized. If I could get good at these things, you know, I could add value to the market. Yeah. Instead of just becoming a, another retail agent or another, another buying agent, um, you niched yep. down into some, into something a lot of people don't understand. One of, one of the questions I was going to ask you was, what do you find? Well, let, let's, let's dig into that question. What do you find? This is the unfair advantage, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. What do you, what comes easy to you that other people find difficult about? Let's, let's dig into short sale directly. Like there's obviously more than just you in, in the United States doing it, but what do you find easy about that that other people find difficult? Yeah, customer service, and it's not even close. So when I launched my company on a national scale in 2019, Bryce, I, I needed a differentiator because mm -hmm. you're right. There's other people doing short sales. You know, there's attorneys that know how to do them, et cetera. So, so I knew I needed something that would really, really set my company apart. And it's customer service bar none. So the number one reason short sales fail a lot of people think it's because they take so long. That's not true. The real reason they fail is because of updating and a lack of communication during the actual process. Because it's so long and confusing and complex, if you don't have the proper communication systems in place, the deal is going to fall apart. And that's why so many fall apart. And that's what we focus and specialize on, customer service. You know, just keeping it all in the loop. You know, yes. keeping it all systemized yes yeah and especially you know with the systems that are available to us in this day and age you'd imagine that that would be an obvious uh, thought but i mean it's not it's probably not their main business this is your main business this is what you do and so i don't know how much competition is in that space for you not a ton at the so so there's a lot at of at the national level yeah yeah not a not a lot of formidable, you know, with all due respect to everybody doing it, um, you know, there's not a lot of formidable opponents, I'd say, on the national level because it's so niche. Yeah. So let's talk about your real estate, um, you know, being an agent and and did you have you have you dropped the license? You still have the license today. So I keep it in escrow, but it just collects dust. So yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a full time, you know, I own this short sale processing company. And uh, I'm an investor myself. Yeah, let's talk about your portfolio. What's that doing these days, and how are you growing it? Yeah, so I'm so so I'm primarily fix and flip. I do a lot of um, you know wholesale deals. You know, I like to buy the short sales after we process them. You know, put a little lipstick on them, add some value, resell them. So I have several projects there, and then I'm just finally starting to pivot and build a rental portfolio. Um, I have around three properties right now in escrow that I'm actually going to hold because mm -hmm. I'm learning that's actually how you build wealth instead of just selling them like I like to do. The treadmill, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So 
that's where we're at. I have a lot of projects going now and I'm just working on actually holding them. Yeah. At some point you have to get off the treadmill and start holding properties. But the, the, I yes. think you got the, I think you got the blueprint, right? Is that a lot of people start with holding properties and it doesn't make you any money really. They maybe some small amount or some unicorn cash flow from this deal or that deal, but you got to have an active income before you start dumping it into wealth. Cause holding is wealth generation, not income generation. In a lot of cases, it can be, you know, don't quote me on that. I know there's people out there making money on cash flowing properties and holding properties, but ultimately you've got a, a good one too. You've got a, a high income skill in the, in the first position with the company and a, uh, a wealth generation in, in the second position where you're buying things instead of putting them a bunch of lipstick, you can probably just do maybe the same job and, and hold it or just hold it in the state that it's in, you know, you don't have to necessarily flip it up. So, um, as someone's been in, in the market for a while and who's looking at that, where do you see this thing, this market going over the next, uh, I don't know, let's project it. This, this problem has been a problem since let's say 2020 and maybe 2021. It's a seven year cycle. Where do you see things going towards like 2025? Yeah. I think the lack of inventory, I think on the residential market specifically, I think the lack of inventory in most markets around the country is going to keep prices up there for, for, for a while. I think it's going to stabilize the next one to two years, mm -hmm. but I don't see a crash coming. You know, I know it's the popular thing to say. I know a lot of people think so. And listen, I could be wrong. You know, even if, you know, you do and you wanted to challenge me on it, I'd love to hear the other end, but I just think, I mean, there's especially- I don't think I'm, it's not yeah. a challenge. It's more yeah. like, I'm just thinking about 2008 and I'm saying, yeah, I'm thinking they're not going to let that happen again. No. Uh, financially and legislatively, like it was bad news for a lot of people involved. So much like a, in, in Canada, they, they really have their finger on that, like their thumb on the market because they don't want, they don't want it to go down. And certainly not if you believe the, what we would call institutional investors buying a lot of property. Well, they certainly don't want property values to bottom out. Maybe they do. It wouldn't be a big deal. They'd buy more, but then their portfolio would become far more worthless, worthless, yeah. right? So I don't think it's in anyone's interest to l let it go bust more than the United States allows markets to boom and bust in a natural progression. But we can't have a national boom and bust. It has to be, you know, it has to be towed the line. So as you... Do you see more short sales coming or do you see less short sales coming? We're already seeing more short sales coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the reasons you mentioned before, you know, the number one, a lot of people pulled their equity out and now there's, you know, they experience whatever hardship, job loss, divorce, et cetera, you know, and they're underwater. Well, it's like, a, you know, before the show, when we were talking, I was thinking as a wholesaler, uh, myself, I walk into deals all the time that there's a genuine interest to sell and there's a lack of an equity position to execute. And if I could send it to a guy like you and get a, a referral or something, that'd be great because I hate throwing away a lead and especially I hate not being able to help someone who truly does need a solution for their property. So 
is that something you guys do? Is that something you focus on? Like, do you network with, uh, like who's, who's your primary uh, customer or client of what you do? Yeah. We work with thousands of wholesalers and thousands of realtors around the country speaking about the wholesaling. So, so most of your audience, it's kind of wholesalers, flippers, probably. Um, all the way through. It's all, okay. I just had, uh, I just had RJ, I forget RJ Bates at 30. He's, he was, you know, he does tons of wholesaling. So we got, yeah. we got the whole gamut. Cool. But, um, yeah. Who's cool. the primary user of your service? Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say wholesalers for sure. So, uh, we have what we like to call a wholesaler referral system. Mm-hmm. And and it's uh, w- whenever a wholesaler has a dead lead, just like the one you were talking about a second ago, where they're underwater, there's no equity to assign the contract, and they're way behind on their payments, and there's nothing you could really do as an exit strategy. Instead of throwing it away, send it to us. We do the entire short sale start to finish. Literally, you don't lift a finger. And then whatever our net profit is from the deal, we give 20% for every referral you send. And, and that's what, what's that roughly anywhere from $10,000 profit on like the low end to, I mean, whatever we could buy and sell it for it's, you know, limitless. Um, just to give you an idea, we did one, I think a month, month and a half ago in um, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, over here in the States. Mm-hmm. And uh wholesaler, it was a dead lead, nothing she could do with it. She sent it over to us. We did everything start to finish, sent her a wire for just under 15,000 bucks for a, for a dead lead. So there you go. And um, a lot of my dead leads are just dead. So that sounds yeah. a lot better than <laughs> uh, just throwing the, the thing away because it's painful. You know, you, especially when I'm going up against foreclosures, you go in there and there's a reason they're in that position. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, call the bank. You need you need to get an offer to stop this proceeding. You need something on paper to stop this foreclosure. And uh, you ask them, like, why are you in this position? And it's, it's usually the same stories, you know. It's usually job loss or stuff like that, or they're upside down, or it was worth a lot. And the bank sent them that note and said, hey, you should max out and reverse your mortgage to zero again. Um and then things change, you know, no one, no one plans to become your client, but certainly it's great to hear that there's someone out there that can resolve the issue um, that will satisfy the bank. Cause that's the real thing. Like we want to be able to satisfy their transaction as well as the bank is going to take it either way. So you might as well do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, keep in mind too, speaking of those pre foreclosures, People don't realize they're actually up in all 50 states right now. So yeah. Oh, I they're, I, they're there. Yeah. And I and it's probably not going to be slowing down. You know, the the foreclosure market. It's unfortunate, but I think it's a consumer a consumer spending problem. I think, you know, in Canada we've got a 1.63 index. So like for every dollar earned, people are spending a dollar sixty-three. So it's terrible. Wow. We're wow, we're way over leveraged. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, a lot of it is mortgage debt. So we're going to see what happens when they go to renew and we're going to see what the banks negotiate. Right. So the banks are going to have to negotiate with the, with all the notes that they wrote in, uh, 2020 and 2021 when the interest rate was like zero or one. So now it's five or seven and 
you know, if you're in a seven or eight hundred, nine hundred million dollar house, that's going to be a huge change in your interest rates, like five X, whatever it was uh, when you bought it. So are you on a national level? You're, you're probably monitoring that. Where do you see, is it mostly wholesalers that reach out to you? Is it mostly real estate agents? What's the breakdown on on who's reaching out to you mostly? I'd say 70-30 to 80-20 wholesalers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we get a lot of sub two, which I just put in with the wholesale. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we get a lot of people that evaluate a deal for, you know, to buy it subject to the mortgage. And uh, a lot of deals that are dead leads sub two actually make really good short sales because the balance is way too high to assume the loan mm-hmm. to over the payments rather. Um, and then a lot of times the back payments are just too much to get it caught up. Like the deal just doesn't work, but that's a short sale. And then you put that together. How long does it take for one of these leads to actually like, let's say I had one for you. I'm a wholesaler yeah. in Texas. I call you up. I say, I got this thing. It's upside down. Um, what's the referral structure? If you know, I think we can probably talk about it openly on the, yeah, of course. I don't think securities is going to be all over us for this. So as a wholesaler, I say, Hey, you know, when, when am I actually going to get paid out if I send you the, my dead leads? Yeah. So you get paid at the end of the deal. Again, like I said before, it's an average four to six months, but I hate to even say, Hey, I could do short sales in X amount of time because it's impossible to say, you know, because some short sales are super straightforward. One mortgage, they don't have any other liens, you know, and then there's others that are, you know, a friggin' mess. They have like three open mortgages, you know, an IRS lien, you know, God, God only knows what. But um, So this is more of a pipeline play for me. If I'm a wholesaler, I'm getting dead leads all the time. I should just be loading up the pipeline. And in four, six, eight months, the stuff I did in January is going to start paying out in the middle of the year. And then I'm going to have a pipeline of these dead leads because ultimately I'm I'm making zero bucks on those. So I might as well yeah. call a guy like you. So if they if they want to get a hold of you, they want to connect with you, they want to send you the dead leads, um, how should they uh how should they reach out? The best way to reach out to me is um get me on Facebook, Bobby Vieira on Facebook, PM me, and uh then I could just send you know, I have an ebook that like explains how to work with us. I have a step-by-step process to submit the leads, but you know. Reach out to me on Facebook, shoot me a PM, say you heard me on the podcast, and uh, we go for it. Also, also let me know if you want my course too. Shoot me a PM. Um, I have a free course that teaches you how to get pre foreclosure deals, how to how to do lead generation, uh, and then I give away my step by step short sale process in case anyone out there is crazy enough to want to do the short sale deal yourself. Yeah, I mean, why not? Right? I mean. I I always say like I have no problem giving away my my secrets because the actual secret is hard work. Yeah, yeah, so true. So All true. right, guys. Well, uh, I really appreciate you being on the show, Bob. And uh, until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you.